welcome to Aspen Wait uh, Live. These are daily broadcasts that I'm sure you're uh, very familiar with now. Delighted to be back uh, once again this afternoon. So much to talk about uh, as always and we're going to delve straight in. But before I do that, just to remind you if you want to get your comments in uh, across social media, YouTube and and Facebook, uh, please get involved with the show today. We'll answer any of your questions uh, and if you need um, advice on anything, this is what the shows are for. This is what we're here for today and this is what we love doing. Uh, So please get your comments in across social media and we'll try and answer as many of those as we can and we'll we'll put some of them on the screen as well. I'm delighted to say uh, that the CEO uh, of Aspen Waite, Paul Waite, is here uh, joining me uh, as always. Paul, very good uh, afternoon to you. Otherwise now known as Tommy Tomato. Yes, he's uh, looking looking, looking uh, very red today. I'm not sure that's going to go a brown tanned colour tomorrow, Paul. No, my face doesn't go brown. <laughs> I just do Tommy Tomato. And uh, the Chief Operating Officer of uh, Wales, uh, Aspen Wake Wales, uh, Darren Talbot joins me as well. Darren, uh, very good afternoon to you. Very good afternoon to you both. Sorry, Dar. Yeah, very much looking forward to the the show today. Right, there's only one place to start. We're going to start by talking about uh, furlough, which is probably the most used word. We said this yesterday, the most used word across the English dictionary over the last um, two weeks. Uh, Paul, I'm going to come straight to you. So much to talk about with, with with furlough, and I think it's fair to say the understanding of it is is um, is a thing that people are having trouble with. I don't know if um, trouble is the right word. I think. Um... Uh, obviously, the government's tried to provide um, very real assistance by providing uh, cash support for the single most important thing in a business, which is, is it, which is its people. Um, but there's several different aspects here. Firstly, from a cash flow point of view, uh, the assistance isn't going to be available probably uh, until 30th of April at best. Uh, so that's quite a long time for a business to survive without the, the cash back. So that in itself uh, leads on to a question of what can be done uh, to help with that, which we, we will come on to later. Then, of course, um, my concern is that business owners generally, and let's be honest, you know, we're also, uh, you know, this, this, this podcast has to be aimed at the entire business community. So the business community is made up of a very large cross-section of people from people who treat their employees very badly. Uh, there are people out there on zero hours contracts, no contracts. Uh, and then you have people like us who treat their staff extremely well with great respect and would do everything you could to keep to keep them in, in employment. Uh, one thing that most em- employers would have in common is they probably don't have a particularly good grasp of employment law. And so, uh, the minute I, I listened to uh, Rishi Sunak talking about uh, the new uh, job retention scheme with the with the government assistance, was that a lot of business owners would think that because this was a sort of an exceptional time, that it excused them from doing whatever they wanted to do to to save their business. Uh, and now, of course, uh, the furlough procedure in itself is quite a formal one and, and requires. Uh, fairly meticulous consideration so to start with you know you have to you have to be seen to be fair so you have to look at your entire workforce and then basically uh, so one of the things you can't do is be be uh, accused of discriminating for instance against 
any particular user group, either on age, uh, color, or or whatever it was, you know. Um, so that's the first process. It has to be fair, a fair process based on the circumstances against what that worker is able to do. And then um, there has to be clear communication uh, to the workers about the process. And for those workers that are chosen for furlough, uh, they then need to be put on a different contract to the contract they were on before uh, to make it quite clear that they're formally now furloughed. Uh, and then um, the next bit would be those people aren't supposed to be working or they're furloughed. And we touched on this yesterday because I actually had a phone call from a client uh, very, very shortly before the, pod, uh, the, the live stream yesterday, basically saying to me things like, uh, if I furlough my sales staff, can they still respond to sales queries? Yeah, I remember. And I, you know, and, and, and the fact is, you know, uh, I said, well, I don't, I don't think anyone knows the answer to that because this is the trouble. You know, we're making up, making up legislation on the hoof and... Um, and so the detail comes after the announcement. Uh, and in some cases, the detail still hasn't really turned up. So so that's, uh, so, so I think my, my overall thought on, on um, the furloughing process is it's something that needs to be taken very seriously. And uh, I certainly advise clients to do it uh, as well as they can. So what do you think, Darren? Yeah, I'm seeing the same sort of thing here in Wales. You know, people are very confused on what they can and can't do. Um, I spent two hours this morning on a conference call with one of my clients talking about this and along, around the sort of what can they speak to their um, employer about and you know, obviously welfare needs and, and, and mental health are, are critical during this time and that's sort of you know, as part of it go, you, know, you need to be keeping in touch with these people making sure they're well because even though they're not working you know, they're going to become bored and they're not in touch with, 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 with life so the social interaction needs to still be there the other thing that's, that struck me is that you've got to almost sort of watch the sort of maybe a profiteering element on this of people. Uh, when I've seen, you know, a couple of cases just, just this week where people have said to me, I've been furloughed. I'm going to get my pay paid at sort of 80 percent. Uh, by the way, I've taken another job um, elsewhere. Um, really? And I'm like, whoa, hang on a second now. You've got to realize that this is a an employment law uh, issue. It's nothing to do with furlough. You're, you're employed by a, a, a company to do a job. And therefore, that contract still stands. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you've got to seek approval from your from the employer if you want to take an alternative employment. And that might be that might be needed in certain circumstances. If someone's, um, for example, a, a trained sort of um, you know medical professional, perhaps in the same sport and arena, that can actually help out in the NHS. Then you know you would you wouldn't stop people wanting to do that. Maybe on a volunteer no. front, but you know, it's a it's a, such a minefield in terms of the legal aspect is it has to be taken formally. And, you know, the good advice is critical at this time. Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, on that point, I'll put this uh, to Paul. You, you do hear a lot of people that say, well, I, I can't I'm not I can't do anything else unless it's volu voluntary. And if it's voluntary, especially with the NHS, I can do it. I'm allowed to do it. My employers have said, yeah, I can do it, but I'm not allowed to do anything else. And it, can, can we... Um, you know, just just go into the specifics of that. It's only voluntary stuff if you're if you're on furlough. Well, no, I, I'm I'm um, I'm already thinking. I'm very pleased that my 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 uh, learned man of steel friend is on the pod on the live stream today because, uh, I, truthfully, I hadn't really thought of it from the other way around. I, I my whole concern had been employer driven, 
you know, employers not properly looking after their staff. Uh, it hadn't occurred to me that staff would do what Darren just said. So, you know, so my, my point there is it's just the same point in reverse. Uh, this is a process which is part of employment law. It's driven by the employee's contract. So if, if the employee has a contract with ABC Limited, ABC Limited cannot just walk all over that contract. It has to honour its contract. And if it wants to furlough the person, it then varies that person's contract. And then the way I, the way I always uh, talk about uh, employment is I look at it as a bargain. It's a bargain between employer and employee. Uh, the employer makes a bargain with the employee and the employee makes a bargain with the employer. So the employer says, if you if you work 38 hours a week, I will pay you X pounds. I will give you blah, blah holiday. And the employee says, thanks, employer. Uh, I, I, I accept that and I will uh, willingly uh, abide by the, the terms of employment. So if if the employee, having been furloughed, then was to take a paid job, uh, any any sort of paid job anywhere else, uh, you know, I'm not an employment lawyer, but I would have said that would automatically breach their contract of employment. That would uh, give the employer immediate grounds for dismissal. Um, and also the employee would have no right to the furlough payment. So that would be my initial professional opinion to that. Oh, yes, and I'm of the same opinion there, Paul, as, as well on that. The other thing is to mention in the sort of the furlough element is that, you know, I've gone through this now with a with a number of clients and, you know, spoken with a, a number of sort of employees on this um, through my role as an FD. And the, the critical thing is, is that we've told people to sort of, you know, take this up to opportunity to upskill yourselves, you know, take your time, look at training and so forth, because you yeah. need to come back, you know, um, you know, keeping the mind active is important for your mental health and well-being, as well as, you know, being ready to pounce. When this time, when the time comes, when we can actually start, you know, running businesses, as, you know, in 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 the in the new world that we're going to face. I was just going to ask Darren, what, what the the time uh, frame is another question that we get asked quite a lot. So, how long does is furlough? Is is, is it as long as this takes, or is there a, a limited period that the government um, that this scheme is available for? You know, you can only do it for three months. Is there is there anything around that that you can give us information on? Yeah, I think the, the key thing is it is only for three months. But what people got to remember is the three months started on the 1st of March. So it's March, April and May uh, are the current is the current period. So we've got a situation with a client who let all their staff go on a short term layoff at the 14th of March. Then the furlough came out. Layoff and furlough are very much the same thing. Um, therefore, you can only then claim the furlough payments from the 14th of March. Um, and obviously, it's not three months from the time when you furlough them. And that's one of the misconceptions some people are having. Now, how long this will go on for? They've said it's initial period of the three months from the 1st of March. However, you know, again, no one knows how this, um, this, this, this the COVID-19 is going to um, you know, spread and, uh, and have an impact. Yeah, that was a point that I was just going to put to, to Paul. We've we've discussed this on on the uh, on the stream over the last couple of days. It's ever changing. It's ever moving. We're finding out more about the parts, and th- the likelihood is that this could could be extended. Um, well, it'll be it'll be extended or not, depending on what the uh, coronavirus situation is at the end of the period, won't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, that it's, it's obviously it's obviously like we said with many things, it's. We're learning more every fluid. day. Yeah, it's fluid, fluid, fluid situation. Is the word. Uh, yeah. So, and then and the final point, I guess, on this um, 
Darren, is that you, know, you mentioned it there that, that for the for employees, how much uh, how much do businesses have um, have responsibility over the welfare of their employees when they're on furlough? It's not like gardening leave or anything like that. No, it's not. And and the, what I, we would do as a as a business and and what what we would do is is encourage people to stay in contact with their staff, let them know about developments because it's obviously going to be an anxious time for them. So yes, they might have eighty percent payments coming into them, a cap of that two thousand five hundred for that for that period of, of, of three months or two and a half months when when they were furloughed, but obviously they'd be worried about what's going to happen after that. Uh, people are in the house, you know, on their own, um, you know, and so the social interaction, you know, just silly little things like you know, for example, um, I've I've heard a number of companies doing it. One one in particular did a a, a pub thing on a, a six o'clock on a on a, on a Saturday yeah. evening. Where they invited the staff along for a pub quiz, um, a virtual pub quiz. You know that you know is is encouraging people to continue to talk, work with the company, and just a good just good behaviour in making sure you care for your staff. And, and finally, on on the staff, the, the fact that you're on furlough for a minimum now of three months at the moment doesn't automatically mean that you'll be back to five days, Paul, and and you'll be back full time at, at the end of it. Hang on a minute. I'm not sure. Uh, Darren may correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I was actually going to make a point which is uh, contradictory to what you just said. Um, I was actually. I, I don't think that uh, you. So I was. I was actually going to say. So, for instance, uh, many businesses will be in a situation where they are actively trying to adapt. Uh, and I gave the example of my good friend Mel Curtis, who makes high-class uh, cosmetics, who is currently producing gallons of sanitizer of which I've bought 60 bottles, I'm pleased to report, uh, which I will distribute to my uh, friend's network, including Tolby Baby, if he wants some. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, and um, so it might be, for instance, that uh, quite rightly, an employer is quite cautious. Uh, so I, I had one of my better clients yesterday furlough 19 out of 22 staff. Now, uh, who's to say that at some point over the next 12 weeks uh, there might be a very positive development? So maybe, uh, uh, so for instance, I've got a uh, uh, a leading client in Wales. Uh, I can't really name who they are, but they're a, uh, a hotel and spa that has put a proposition into the NHS uh, for staffing uh, NHS workers um, coming into the area over the period of uh, the coronavirus epidemic. Uh, and from uh what i could understand yesterday um it looks like that might be accepted but it hasn't um been accepted yet so uh at the moment obviously the the hotel isn't open but if if the nhs say yes to this proposition then it would be so it would be logical then for the employer to invite the furloughed employees back i wasn't aware that the government would then say oh hang on a minute it's not three months i i thought that you know, someone could be furloughed and then brought back out of furlough into work, which is surely what the government would want. Yeah, Paul, can I come in on this one? Um, yeah. When you furlough someone, you they, they remain furloughed for three weeks as a minimum period. Yeah. And what happens is during that, during that obviously, weekly basis that the firm is running, and I've got this in a situation now where a couple of my clients work in you know, close proximity to the to the Principality Stadium, which is now going to be a major hospital for, for, for the city centre. They're currently on furlough. 
But when on a watching brief that we've got, it's likely that sort of five or six of those staff working in and around that area will be brought out to furlough after the three-week period to assist and, and, and help the sort of NHS. And, you know, so it, it is a minimum of three-week period. It's not that you're, you're furloughed for three months. It is you're furloughed. The three-month period is what you get your grant for. Um, it's the key thing is is that you will assess the business on a, on a day by day basis, hourly by hourly, almost with with the current climate, um, and then you bring the employees back as and see when when you want them to work because it's you know there's an element there but they can be productive for you very very quickly if things change. Uh, and just to yeah, get that up. Was what, uh, ben, ben 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 did say three months. That's why I wanted to uh, to come in on that because uh, you know I wanted to make the points that. Uh, you know what the government actually wants is for uh, is for the the furlough scheme to stop uh, for, for everyone's sake. Obviously, if, if the workers are back working, uh, the the national debt is improved, and um, uh, and it's good for for the employer and um, future prospects. So, thanks for that, Darren. One- the other thing, Paul, as well. One of the things that I wanted to say really quickly was is you know I've had a lot of questions saying why would the government do this, and you know I mean you know give this money away. Well, it's not giving money away because. At the end of the day, I think we, we've seen recent stats um, sent through to us from HMRC that for every pound spent on employees, they estimate about £16 comes back to them. It's because it's a stimulus for the economy. We need to keep the economy going. So you know, that's why they're doing it. It's just to make sure that we are, as a nation, still running and can be effective and productive. Correct. One of the, the last thing I'll say on this, or the last question that I wanted to ask, just based on um, questions that I've been asked in the last couple of days, um, if, if a firm... At the end of this three-month period, obviously we know now that you can bring employees back. How do, how do we stand on um, uh, redundancy or, or, or employers saying, okay, we, we just we can't continue or we're not going to continue with this person? Does there then need to be a redundancy payoff or, or a notice period that is after you've, you've brought back someone from furlough? So, this, so, so basically, Ben, uh, uh, I just refer you back to my uh, original comments, which were... Uh, everything that's done uh, during this process is driven by the employee employment contract. So the employment contract is in existence throughout. It's temporarily varied for up to three months at the moment. Uh, and if at the end of the three months, the employer wanted uh, to get rid or, or whatever you want to call it, then uh, if the, then what happens to that employee would depend on their length of service. And, yeah. and normal rights would apply, obviously. There we go. Absolute clarity as always from Mr. Waite and I should have been listening the first time. Um, yeah, I did say all that page. I said pay attention then, for God's sake. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Absolute clarity. If you've got any other questions on it, then please, as we said, let us know across social media. You can get your questions in. We'll put them on the screen uh, and I'll ask Paul and Darren uh, should more come in uh, on furlough. Uh, we're going to move on now. Uh, Paul, I, I really want to uh, talk about something that um, you mentioned to me earlier today, uh, it, which was um, only 2% of accountants don't feel stressed. And if I'm right, and, and I've paid attention, that was even before um, this, what's happening now. That's quite an incredible stat, isn't it? Yeah, this is, um, uh, this is referred to in a, an Accountancy Age article, which I circulated this morning. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to read it in depth. And of course, you know, it rather begs the question, um, you know, what 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 do the, um, the the correspondents actually mean by that? You know, are they are they sort of stressed out all the time? Uh, in my own case, so if you said to me, uh, do I find my job stressful? I would say, on the whole, no. Um, probably my stress is usually created by somebody else. 
Uh, that would be that uh, in my position in the food chain. Um, so I think I think you know it's 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 like a lot of things, isn't it? It goes with the territory. You know, if if you if you're a person like me, for instance, and you strive to be the best, uh, and you want to be better than you were the day before, and so on and so forth, that in itself creates a degree of pressure, doesn't it? Uh, so if you, for instance, you know, uh, I was I talked to several people this morning, and they said how you know how are things for you, and I said trying to save the world as always. Uh, was was my reply now obviously you know uh, we're, we're obviously not going to be able to save the whole world but if you're the sort of people that we are you know darren and i are very similar in this respect um even you know so for instance you know when my clients talk to me i feel that i have to be very strong i have to be strong for them because they they need me to be strong it doesn't mean to say that when i put the phone down i don't feel i don't know sad or, you know, I know that over the next few weeks, I'm going to have many occasions where I feel a bit upset, uh, you know, because, you know, we show empathy with our clients. So, um, you know, there can be a number of situations which are are potentially stressful. Um, but that's why, for instance, um, you know, to be fair to to me uh, and, and us, that's why uh, over the last uh, 10 days in particular, I've been also focusing very much on uh the wider picture uh which is uh mental well-being uh nutrition fitness uh all these sort of things and that's why you know we're taking the highly unusual step for a firm of accountants stroke professional services providers uh to embrace uh, a much wider concept and in so doing um try to try to make sure that our community at least has the best possible coronavirus uh working at home experience they can have yeah i i uh, i remember forwarding the article onto you this morning darren and um i think you came back with the well, one word which was was stressed uh, because it, it is that kind of time as, as paul said it's there's you know trying to fight so many fires at the moment trying to save people help people it's, it's such an, an immensely busy time it certainly is and and you know you've got to clarify that stress there's it's good stress and bad stress you know what i mean the good stress is that, you know, you've got a lot of pressure, a lot of work on, but you know you're going to be sort of supporting and helping clients, you know what I mean? Um, I think my wife said to me earlier uh, um, this week, she said, you should have been a junior doctor or a doctor, you know, you've done more hours than someone in the NHS. You know, yes, but because, you know, I have a real, you know, passion for business and for business to survive. They are my clients, they are my friends, and there will be upsetting moments during this time. But the key thing, you know, in, uh, I think the message I'm getting across to people is there's two things that you'd hope to come out, out, out of the situation is, A, that you come with and B, you come out with, with your business and your jobs intact. Those are two, if you come out with those two in, at the end of this, this, this scenario, then, then you've done well. Um, and you think the thing is with stress is that, you know, I think, you know, when you measure these stats, it, it's, it's important to find out sort of what the background is. And, you know, stress, you know, drives, drives performance to a certain extent and certain elements of a job will be stressed with at a point in time during a month. But, you know, at this current time, there is a lot of stress. Um, in, you only go to a supermarket and you see the stress when people are not having two meters apart. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's inevitable at this current time. But also even before that, it's how you manage that stress and how you, you manage the workloads and, you know, people in traditional accountancy practices have to now adapt. You know, people are not wanting to look at doing account, uh, accounting for last year's accounts. They want to look at what's happening tomorrow and how you can forecast mm. and help them get their 
the, the, the loan agreements or, or some financial support from somewhere. So yeah, it's, 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 if you can adapt and adapt, it, it takes a little bit of time to adapt. But as you adapt, that stress goes away. Yeah, so it's, it's a really good point, and uh, uh, a good point right now is to say that the email address is here. As Darren mentioned, friends, friend at aspen-weight.co.uk. Get in touch with us. Uh, let us know how we can try and support you. If you've got any questions, if you're feeling stressed at the moment, I'm sure it's not just accountants. It's a, a lot of people that are. But channeling that is the right thing to do. And uh, Darren scared mentioned, might be a word, Ben. Yes, yeah, absolutely, Paul. Yeah, I think that's um, that's probably a, a better word for it at the moment. But the email address is there. We want you to get in touch with us. And, and also on these live streams, we're talking about today, you know, furlough and, and and different things. We will be doing live streams on mental health. We've already said that we'll be doing it on maybe managing um, stress and uh, and being scared in the business. How you can manage that and channel that in the right ways. And we'll come on to that. Uh, in future broadcasts, 12.30 every day. If you're coming across us for the first time today, give us a like and um, do uh, tune in at 12.30 every day. Right, I'm going to go on now. It seems right in a way that we talked about uh, stress and we're going to move on to the the next uh, thing that I want to talk about. And there's two sort of facets to this, really. Um, Business interruption loans. I know we're going to do a more dedicated show on that, but uh, 20% uh, of, of uh, businesses failing in the next four weeks was one of the things that um, we've read. And also, along with that, a fifth of smaller firms uh, will run out of cash is, is another article that I've I've recently well, read. Same thing. Yeah. So the, the, same thing, really. The, yeah. The, these are, um, you know, these are, these are, like you said, Paul, worrying times. But that's, that's incredible, isn't it? Incredible stat to see. Yeah, so just to be clear, this is, um, this is a BBC News website uh, uh, feature this morning. Uh, following uh, a survey of uh, firms of accountants uh, and uh, the the response was, I think the exact figure was the accountants as a whole uh, thought that 18% of their clients would uh, not have enough cash to last four weeks. So um, I I, uh, immediately this morning have uh, emailed uh, all of the the Aspen Weight uh, decision makers with some thoughts on that. Um, and of course, one of the things I've been doing, because uh, there's no point being the founder of the Complete Business Growth Service uh, and then not being able to deliver. So I can see what the issues are, what the challenges are, what I need to do, whether I can do them or not. I'm not sure, but I'll do my bloody best. Uh, so I've I've been, um, so for instance, now, you know, the progress I've made this week, I now have a definitive uh, checklist of all of the uh, hoops a company has to jump through to qualify for the business interruption loan scheme. Uh, I've approached uh, banks uh, and, and also a, a client broker, uh, in the latter case, for instance, with a view to forming a partnership through this difficult time. Uh, and I've even suggested that if they introduce all of their uh, non aspen weight clients to us, that I will pay their broker's fee. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was a very uh, imaginative and resourceful way of uh, of doing that. So you know what what I was trying to achieve is rather than all of the Aspen Weight troops uh, trying to to take uh, their clients uh, and, and and say for instance uh, I'm helping uh, our Scottish based director uh, with a, a a leisure business at the moment. Uh, that has approached we've approached NatWest Bank for a business interruption loan and um, 
and while probably in this case uh i think that assuming that i can get a cash flow budget that says what the bank manager wants to see which he's been quite clear on this morning so it's been very helpful in that particular case uh we probably will get over the line one way or another but you know what i what i basically said to uh sharon my contact at the broker was uh why would i want to be wasting my time and darren's time and you know mark's and jono's time um with us you know trying to be uh, a finance broker when you do this every day so why don't we give all of our clients to you uh apart from anything else you then can stress test them you know you could look at the propositions so that the propositions that are weak um can go back uh, and be strengthened so um the other thing the other thing of course uh which is my solution to uh getting through to the to the um job retention uh payments and also trying to head off this um uh, you know 20 percent of businesses failing in the next four weeks is is um accessing uh the the new streams of finance which are now available so they're already uh so i've, I've been circulating uh uh daily pretty much daily update updates from a finance company that i know um who are providing a specific interest uh free uh product uh specifically for companies uh to borrow against uh in advance of them getting the government money back for instance you know so I think that um, the way I look at it is, I've said this many times in my life, what drives me is the fear of failure. So you use the fear of failure and say, right, uh, if, if, if we don't do anything, 20% of businesses are going to fail in the next four weeks. So how, how, can, we, how can we stop that? You know, what, what can we do? And actually, there are a cocktail of ingredients uh, that, that we can do to stop that. We can... We can do R&D tax credit claims for them. We can find them money. We can help them with their business cases. We can help them make better decisions. So uh, anyway, over to you, Darren. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's important. I think, you know, what I've seen from, 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 from clients is that when you talk to them, the first impact you have is that they're like rabbits in headlights and they expect Aspen Wake to have all the answers for them. And, you know, what I've been advised, you know, what I've been advised them is to make sure that, you know, they are the best person that knows their business, and we will work with them on cash flow forecasting and, and helping and assisting them. But you know, like I said, you could you've got to they've got to do some work on this as well. Um, and I think you know the other thing I learned as well is that you know through some sort of my bank contacts is that when you put these applications in, you've pretty much only got one shout at it because they they're overrun with applications. So the bank is just flicking through, flicking through. Yes, meets criteria. Yes, no. Yes, and it's very very quick. Um, so, you know, you've got to get your, you know, your cash flows right and your applications right. And that's why you should use you know, people like the brokers and ourselves to sort of assist in this matter. Do, yep. do, do, do you think, um, that I'll, I'll open this question up to, to both of you, do you think the criticism, the criticism of the government for, for not making this quick enough, for not making this easy enough and, and actually saying, look, there is support there, but when you go into the finer details, it's a lot harder to get it. And the fact that that article that you pointed in the direction of, Paul, said that you know 20% of businesses will just run out of cash in the next four weeks. Is that a failing of the government in this sort of situation? Well, as I've, 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 I've been saying this consistently, uh, uh, well, because it's true, is the, the biggest problem is governments don't understand business. Uh, so uh, 
uh, I think naivety would be a word would be a good word to use. So you know, I I, I have to believe that that uh, when Rishi Sunak it announced the the business interruption loan, he fully wanted that to be lent against. You know, he. He, he basically said, look, here's this new scheme. The, the government will guarantee uh, 80% of any loan. Uh, and, and, and I think in his own mind, he probably thought that that was uh, the cavalry, if you like. You know, that was the cavalry running up the hill. Now, if we look at what appears to be the position as of today, uh, there's widespread reporting that banks are either abusing the system. So I've been reading this morning about uh lenders some of the the more secondary and tertiary lenders uh charging up to 30 percent uh rates of interest uh the average in the high street banks apparently is seven percent uh banks are asking for personal guarantees despite the fact that the whole point of the business interruption loan scheme is uh not to ask for a guarantee so the very real fear is at the moment uh i would say if if you were asking me to look back in three months time unless something unless something uh, major changes i think the number of people that will be uh, advanced business interruption loans will be a very very small percentage of the applicants that's a really good point that you make there, Paul. I put this on, on the government and certainly some of that uh, is true, that they don't understand business and that maybe this isn't the cavalry, as, as you put it. But also, um, Darren, the, the, the banks as well, and this is something that, that has been uh, in many an article, that they are sort of wanting this personal guarantee, personal level of guarantee, even though the government have seemingly backed uh, 80% of it, that still still banks being difficult and saying, well, no, we, we, we want more of a guarantee certainly for our part as well, of that. And, and, and they should be being a lot more helpful. Yeah, banks, yeah, they need to be more helpful. And, and you know, I, I'm seeing the same thing as Paul, people asking for personal guarantees um, and asset, assets as collateral and so forth. But also, also what we're seeing is, 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 is the banks asking almost like stupid questions like, you know, mm-hmm. what do you reckon your, your, your income is going to be for the next six months? You know, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be difficult to predict. So you, you give your best estimates and, you know, it's up to the bank to challenge, but challenge within a reason. Um, I, you know, my, a good friend of mine and a colleague uh, in Aspen, Chris Davis, he phoned me up about two weeks ago and said, wouldn't this have been easier if um, HMRC had done these loans? And I didn't quite get his concept. Yeah. And I said, yeah, he said they got everybody's, ba- uh, everybody's bank account details, usually from the VAT. And they know how much people contribute to the to, to the system via the HMR, via the PAYE, their VAT, their corporation tax. They could have given grants out directly and then they would have owed HMRC that liability over a period of time. And although it'd been simple and, and maybe, you know, it, it's a it's a sort of a bit, bit way out there. But when you think about it, it's actually you know quite sensible. But, yeah, the, the bureaucracy that's involved in getting these schemes um, and getting loans is, is, is a lot more challenging than than, um, than people think. Yeah, and Paul, just finally on that, that I guess we, we talk about this being a moving situation and very fluid and, and change is happening, but that's probably one thing when, when you look at the way that the banks are behaving that, that isn't likely to change, is it really? Uh, well, you know, I think, I think it, 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 it's going to have to change, isn't it? Because um, the government's otherwise going to knowingly preside over a disaster, you know, 
And that brings us on to perhaps a discussion for another day, uh, which is uh, what level of economic disaster, uh, you know, how, how many people do you have to save before an economic, you know, uh, before an economic disaster, disaster is actually um, acceptable, if that makes sense? Uh, I mean, obviously, at the moment, it's a trade off, isn't there, between um, uh, knowingly uh, decreasing the, the GDP uh, and, the, and the value of the economy uh, and genuinely knowing that you're hurting business. Uh, and th the reason for doing that is is obviously trying to save lives. Now, you know, there, there are there are people like Peter Hitchens uh, who who make you know very eloquent points about the word the, the word they would probably use was disproportionate. You know the response is disproportionate to the to the threat. So I guess ultimately it comes down to is the government prepared to see the high street, for instance? And I think this is quite possible. The high street wiped out. Uh, the entertainment, leisure, and catering industry wiped out over. Uh, the coronavirus um, threat, you know, answers on a postcard, please. Yeah, I was going to say that is um, <laughs> that is uh, one hell of a question, really, um, and it's certainly something for us to discuss uh, on another show. I mean, just go going back to the uh, to the banks, obviously, exactly what you said, Paul. This this needs to be government led, just like everything else. And um, I guess the the final point in this, when we, when we're trying to answer that question, is that that perhaps. We're being quite critical of the government, and often, Paul, we've talked on our podcast about what would you have done given the information, how would you have changed it? But there is so much. We read again about the airlines today as well. They're, they're, you know, maybe you're on that scenario where you're trying to save people and um, you know from drowning, but you can't save everybody. And 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 perhaps all those decisions are being made at government level, whereby they're saying which industries do we save. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's that's almost too big a question for me to properly answer in one go. I think, um, I mean, ultimately, I don't think there is any any industry I could consciously think of other than perhaps online gaming would be one or a casino, uh, which where where I have moral issues over them, uh, where you, you could say that you would consciously want that uh, or accept that that sector activity would would be either. Uh, severely diminished or, or or wiped out. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it is a question um, certainly for uh, another day, and we will <laughs> endeavour to uh, tackle that question uh, in more detail. Before we go today, um, as we've got Darren on, we must get a little bit more Wales centric and and, and talk about um, Wales, uh, Darren, and uh, and hand over to you. Yeah, I think you know, sort of um, being devolved government, there's you know, it is different rules. So when the rates um, was announced, the rates relief for leisure industry, everybody in Wales was like, yes, great, but it actually doesn't follow because um, it's a devolved government on the rate side. So therefore, quickly afterwards, the Welsh government responded and you know did the same scheme. And we're currently seeing uh, people who are, who are, I'd encourage people to apply if they already haven't and go onto their local authority websites to get these grants because a number of my clients who were hot off the press got you know applied and made sure they were you know, they were going to get them have already received their money and it's critical as i said to pay the further workers to get this kind of money because it's all very well taken on loans because of, but that's debt but you know these grants are there to support the businesses and i think you know there was a new suite of measures launched yesterday by the welsh government uh, another half a million pounds worth of um, funding was called the economic resilience fund 
And again, that's a range of measures. Just, first of all, there's another £100 million for the Development Bank of Wales um, to take applications to um, support businesses. And this is all to support businesses that are going into hibernation for the next for the next three months and also to support those businesses that need to adapt and to work from home because at the end of the day, you know, you, you might have, say, 10 or 15 employees, you cannot afford to buy 15 laptops. However, if you've got them laptops, they could work and still contribute towards the economy. So it's that type of um, facility. So grants for £10,000 for micro-businesses up to the nine uh, people, grants of up to £100,000 for small, medium-sized firms from 10 to 249 people, and then support for larger Welsh companies, which are critical social or economic, economic importance to Wales. So, you know, there's a raft of measures. Drinking, you mean, do you? Sorry? Drinking in your case. Yeah, we do a lot of drinking. Yeah, a lot of leisure, a lot of leisure in Wales. A lot of leisure in Wales. Um, and, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, those, those raft of measures that uh, were, 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 were quite important. And I think uh, there was a, a, a comment that was made to me that, um, you know, people working from home. And uh, the police uh, were up in Brecon the other day and saw a man, you know, uh, with a beard and a white cloak on, walking through the mountains. And when they got up to him, they realised it was God. And they said, what are you doing out and about? You shouldn't be out and about at this time. This time, You should be working from home. He said, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll end on that. Yeah. I didn't know you knew any clean jokes, Darren. Yeah, that was a clean one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the first clean joke I've ever heard you tell. I'm live. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, right, and rightly so. As we're on a, a lunchtime slot as well, so it should be clean. Um, that's a great way to end, and and really good that um, the Welsh government taking those actions and supporting businesses uh, in Wales. Fantastic news um, for for everybody that's going to be able to benefit from that and keep their businesses going. So much that we could just carry on. Uh, we said this yesterday. We could just carry on for uh, for ages. There's so much to talk about, but we won't. We'll be we'll wait and we'll hold it for tomorrow because we're back again at twelve thirty. Uh, you can of course uh, follow us uh, live on our live show at half past 12 across social media. Uh, you can also get this as a podcast as well. So if you've dipped in and out of this at lunchtime and you want to hear the whole thing, then the podcast will be out by five today. And you can uh, you can listen to that. If you're already subscribed to our podcast, uh, then you'll get a notification. If you're not, please go and subscribe to it. It's worth it, I promise. And we'll be back tomorrow. So my thanks to uh, Darren Talbot. Thanks for joining us uh, today, Darren. Yeah, thanks, both. And we'll- see you soon. And we'll well see done, we'll Good see stuff. you next week and uh, um, and of course uh, as always thank you to uh, Mr Paul Waite uh, for joining me on this broadcast today thank you Paul we'll be back tomorrow of course and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow half past 12 have a great rest of the day and we'll see you on here tomorrow